Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. of drums, a horse are filled with love, I'm a voodoo child, I can't deny it, I'm a rotsman, now let me clarify it, the spirit came down into her head, she looked me in the eyes and said, you're a mystery, I'm a mystery, God is one universal
Legacy of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is August 11th, 2017. And uh, arguably, we are on the air. Uh, about an hour later than actually two hours later than we're uh, used to. And that is because uh, as I explained on social media, I've had a really hectic week and uh, it's actually a miracle. I'm not uh, asleep right now because I've had very little sleep all week. Um, so I'm doing my best to cobble together a show so that there's, I so that I just don't, not have a show at all tonight. Um, and since it is Boakaima, the Boakaima anniversary this week, I thought that I would do what I usually do. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Everything that could go wrong went wrong today. So uh, literally everything that could go wrong went wrong today. From uh, my phone, which whose home button doesn't work, to uh, just all sorts of little tools that I use, just malfunctioning. So um, this weekend is the anniversary of the Boakaima ceremony. The Boakaima ceremony is believed to have taken place sometime, anytime between August 14th and August 21st, 20, uh, sorry, um, 1791. And uh, so this weekend is the 226th anniversary of the launching of the Haitian Revolution and the 25th anniversary of the, of the Boakaima celebration and commemoration in Prospect Park, Brooklyn, in New York. And uh, tomorrow, August 12, 2017, that annual Boakaima commemoration is happening in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they have workshops starting at 1 and then a ceremony to follow. And it's at Prospect Park Lakeside. Enter at Parkside and Ocean Entrance. Take the Q train to Parkside Avenue. The buses will be the B12, the B16, the B, and the B41 to Parkside at Ocean and Flatbush. All events are free. Support and contributions are all, are welcome. Uh, folding chairs and picnic blankets are encouraged. So I've had the best show and actually the most education that I've ever had on Boakaima happened uh, on Legacy of 1804. Um, on August 15th, 2014, this was in the very early phases of the show. You'll see the sound is completely different. But every year, I actually find uh, excerpts from that show to play for the commemoration of the Boakaima because it was just so thorough. And my guests that night were Dr. Jirigil and... Uh, Ivo Gilles, who are, of, of course, a, 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 a husband and wife. And 
they were with me here at Legacy of 1804, and you can go find that show in the archives. It's entitled Legacy of 1804 in Bois They were with me here for three hours, and of course, I now the show has whittled down to two hours. So, and um, tonight we're starting with uh, quite a bit of lateness. So, um, I have managed to cobble together a an, an excerpt of that show to play for us tonight to get an idea, but I encourage all of you to go back to the archive and listen to that full August 15th, 2014 show uh, entitled Legacy of 1804 and Bois The theme song which opened the show tonight is uh, Paul Beaubrun, his song Vodou Ceremony from his album Project Haiti. And, um, of course, we have been on the air at Legacy of 1804 for several years now and um, the, doing online, well, doing um, in audio what we've been doing online at kisscassity.com since 20, 2005. Please use the hashtag leg uh, Legacy of 1804, LOF. 1804 to react to anything you hear tonight. All the shows that we've ever had are archived. They're archived at kisscassity.com. They're archived at iTunes. You can find all of them. Anyway, I'm going to keep the um, introductions brief because I want to go straight into the clip. Um, uh, forgive. Anyway, so here it is. Uh, this is my interview with uh, Dr. Jerry Gilles and his wife, Ivo Gilles. They were on the show again on August 15, 2014. This is just an excerpt. I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to do my best to be at the other end of that clip um, tonight. And, but I don't promise that I'll make it because it's possible I fall asleep. Anyway, this is definitely not my best show production, but um, Bwakaima is a very important date for us as Haitians for our history. So uh, please enjoy this. And again, don't forget that you can tweet me at Kiskeacity on Twitter. And um, many of you are following me on Facebook. You can reach me there too. And of course, we will be back next week, uh, next Friday at the same time and at the same place, Legacy of 1804. So enjoy. Legacy of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is uh, in the ballpark of the historic date of um, the ceremony of the Guacaima that took place. Uh, anywhere between August 14, 1791 and August 20th, 21st, 1791, we will discuss this with our guest tonight. But tonight's topic is the Guatemala ceremony because we are on its anniversary. And um, my guests tonight are Dr. Jenny Gilles and uh, Ibo Gilles. And, um, uh, and we are going to be talking about the Guatemala ceremony. We are going to be debunking potential myths about it, and, and, and really trying to get to the bottom of it with these guests from the website, www.bookmartmeet.com. And of course, <laughs> I always see all live, uh, all my callers calling in as the topic of Haitian history and voodoo. They're, they're always 
very popular topics and you are already um, lining up, and I see all of you. Don't forget that when you want to pitch in tonight, you're just going to be uh, called a pressing one for those who already uh, who have already called in. Those who want to call in, the number is going to be three two three nine two seven two nine one three. Who are my guests tonight? They are, as I uh, corrected, Dr. Trini Jean and Yvonne Jean of the website www.bookfriendly.com. That is a website that anyone who is interested in real understanding Haitian culture and Haitian history uh, should be visiting regularly because every month they post a few uh, traditional children. Explain it. Whatever you, you, you sang these songs all your life, you didn't know exactly what they meant, or they do their best with them, uh, according to the excessive research they have done on Haitian history, Haitian culture, and specifically on, uh, on retracing uh, Haitian African roots. So, Dr. Jenny M. Gilles and Ivo Gilles are the co-editors of this site, www.com. Uh, a site that promotes the study of Haitian African culture. They have written several books and articles and have lectures at universities and museums. They have appeared on radio and television programs to talk about various aspects of Haitian history and religion. Their most recent books include Bicentennial, Haiti's Gift to the World, and Remembrance, Roots, Rituals, and Reverence in Vodou. Those books are available for sale at their website, www.tukmanmeet.com. Dr. M. Shil specializes in high-risk obstetrics. He graduated from Columbia University and obtained his doctorate in medicine at the SUNY uh, at Stony Brook. And Ms. Gilles obtained her undergraduate degree from Barnard College at Columbia University and obtained a Master of Science degree at Teachers College, again at Columbia University. Uh, they live in Florida, but uh, it appears that they have spent quite a bit of their formative years right here in New York. Family tradition, Ms. Jean is a descendant of both Dahomey and Congo, and by genetic analysis, she's also a descendant of the Mythic people of the Ivory Coast. So I would like to start this show, and I hope that you join me in profusely apologizing to them, because I did um, inadvertently advertise their passage today by calling the good doctor, Dr. Sergil, which of course is inaccurate. We have, tonight we have Dr. J. Gilles not to be confused with um, uh, Sergi, who is a, a Haitian, a Haiti-based Haitian politician. So, with no further ado, I hope that I have my guests with me. And uh, Dr. Sergi and Ivo Gilles, are you here with us tonight? Yes, we are. Yes, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Great. So, welcome. Thank you so much for coming back for a second visit. The legacy of 1804. You came back here before the end of 20. Well, actually, it was probably in the beginning of this year, or it was late last year. You can remind us that you did come and give us an introductory um, uh, rundown of what your work was about, what your website was about, which of course we have been consulting profusely ever since. Because really, honestly, there is nothing like it on the web. <laughs> which is a wonderful, tremendous resource to Mumem Aisyen. So please start by um, uh, telling us a little bit more about yourself than transpires on paper, because obviously paper is not spirit. And so let us know um, what it is that these biographies and all your credentials don't 
what doesn't translate in those biographies, and then we will get right into our topic of the Guatemala Masjid. Well, the website um, started, and you can tell from its name, that it's a site that wants to honor Bukwan for what he has done for us and for the world. And so in that sense, it is important to recognize that Bookman's contribution has been to the whole of humanity. So it's a website for, for the whole of uh, humanity. And one way to point out that contribution is that he helped to make the world a better place, to make um, the world a place where uh, slavery or legal slavery is no longer acceptable. That usually benefited people of African descent, but it also benefited those of European descent. And it benefited those of European descent who were engaged in the commerce of people as slaves by removing them from the abyss of morality. And so it uplifted people who were engaged in immoral actions and thereby made them a, a, a better people. And in that sense, the whole world benefited. Benefited us from getting freedom and benefited others who were engaging in immoral commerce and helped to purify them, to make them better human beings. And so this site began to, to honor that. And to do so, we thought the best way of honoring the ancestors is by better understanding our culture, since that culture is inherited from them. It is something that those who came before has passed down uh, to us. And so the, the, our website is devoted to the study of uh, Haitian culture and to present it in a manner that suits the dignity of our forefathers. And we are reminded to do this in, uh, in particular by our uh, national anthem. And so on the website you'll see it says ITRV. But in that national anthem uh, written by Lévisson, he well understood that relationship between that gift from the forefathers and us. And this is why he starts the he started the 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 um, that's that's the reason why he started the um, national anthem by stating that the country is for us and for the ancestors. So our site is devoted to the ancestors and it is written for us. Yes, and I think in many ways it is um, similar to your work. Um, in, in the legacy of 1804. Um, I wanted to take time before we go much more into the discussion of Wakaima to really thank you because we do appreciate your dedication. And um, I, I've um, listened to several of your programs and how you give voice to what uh, those in the community are doing and we follow events that are related to what's happening in Haiti and what's happening to the people of the African diaspora. And, and to some extent, you know, our work dovetails each other. So it's, it's, um, it's part of that legacy of the, the people who made the revolution, of the people of that generation who lived in Haiti, who left, who left something for us, who left, this is the heritage they left to us. They fought and we continue in, 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 in following their, their, their path. I remember, um, yesterday evening as I was following what was happening in, um, in that town in uh, Missouri, Ferguson, and um, it, it it was just shocking to see the you know the, the similarity with Haiti. Here, here you had a, a group of people who are um, 
who are not well represented in the government. You know, it's 60% of the population and not one African-American person in, in, in office, in a local office. They have no representation, um, not, not a lot of wealth, and uh, they're voiceless. And you can see how that leads to abuse, political abuse. The same, the same thing which happens in our communities in Haiti, where people do not have representation in the government. And it's, it's similar. It's, so it's, it's a continuation of a, a struggle of our people to, to have um, a voice, to have uh, representation, and, and to be able to, to um, direct our lives and, and have a voice in the society. I'd like to add one more thing in terms of the connection that we'd like to see between uh, um, your uh, program and what we do on, on uh, Bookman Lit. Um, it's an, really an honor to be a legacy of 1804. Now that 1804, the only reason, one reason why it came into existence is because uh, of the Salines uh, Declaration of Independence in 1804. And in that sense, Desalines declares independence in 1804, but links it to the events of Boakalima. And he recognized that that was the spark that ignited the revolution and made and helped to make it fruitful. He did so by saying that he has, he has been engaged in battle for 13 years. And subtracting 18, uh, 1813 from 1804 brings us to 1791. And so it is awesome that it is in the voice of Desalines, the very leader to announce the independence of Haiti, who then tells the world that this battle began 13 years ago. And so it is, and, and uh, it, um, it began 13 years ago, and so it is Desalines who marks it for us that indeed Boakaima is where the revolution began, and Desalines tells us that he had been engaged in this battle from the very beginning, and he had been at war for 13 years. Wonderful. I guess of 1804, I want to make sure everybody understands. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Dr. J. Jean and Ivo Jean published on their website a beautiful article, The Cardinal is a Big Problem, which was about Calvinal Lambrois and his recent statements to The Guardian, which, of course, he has relatively walked back since, and I believe the New East or one of the uh, National Nation papers. We are definitely going to be discussing that next. I want everybody to hold on for that discussion because that is a very important article. I'm going to post the article now for those who haven't seen it yet, so you can at least browse it. There is so much <laughs> fact in this article, as well as in the article by Mambo Dewey who was on the show last week and who we discussed her her article extensively with her. Um, but of course tonight. Uh, main topic, the, 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 the main reason we are here tonight, we made this day several weeks ago, long before the Chibulongwa, uh, and, you know, the, the, the latest attack on Zodou came through, uh, is the ceremony of Bakaima. We are on its anniversary. So why don't we start, uh, Dr. Gilles and Ivo Gilles, why don't we start with the date or the believed date of that ceremony and a little bit of the fact of what happened. We know all the myths. We've seen all the paintings. We know that it is believed that, uh, you know, there, there was a pig that was sacrificed, they drank out of the pig, and everybody was united, was there. We heard that Bukman was there, Bishayin was there, Kutan was there. Basically, now, and then there's a controversy, and I heard you discuss it on the previous show that you had posted on the website, 
uh, uh, the, the was a process. It was this a voodoo ceremony. It was this a congress. What is Wakaima? There's even a controversy about the name. Some people say it's Wakai Imam, as in uh, Muslim Imam, as in Imam. Um, is it Wakaima, as in Kaiman? Kaimo. Uh, so, uh, you know, the animal. So, what what is it about that night, and, and, and what, in your best understanding, have you been able to reconstitute of what actually transpired on that? So, um, one of the interesting things about it is that Boataima has was a huge event, um, or huge events, um, and that would be more appropriate to use the uh, to use it in the plural sense because it's it was um, uh, several uh, uh, meetings that were that were held. Um, those meetings got fused into one event. Um, and uh, in that, that event fused both the political meetings and the one religious gathering to uh, uh, bless the event. And those things got all merged into one. That merger took place in France by uh, D'Agustin, which was a, who was a uh, French abolitionist supportive of the Haitian Revolution but who had never traveled to Haiti. And so, not knowing the sequence of events, he merged everything into one single evening. Later, Haitian historians used him as a source and misrepresented the events, although he was uh, uh, well, uh, 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 he was sympathetic, but he did, uh, uh, he was not present and mischaracterized the event. The best way to understand Boakayuma is to first understand the nature of slavery in Haiti. Um, I'll step a little, uh, uh, um, take a couple steps back to review that, but first before I do, um, to get straight to the point, there were several meetings uh, held. Every Sunday, um, the, the people who were the chauffeurs and the coachmen on the plantations, they met every Sunday, and in the, at those Sunday meetings, they planned the revolution. Now, so now we need to also recognize that there was a separate uh, uh, meeting that took place, and how many people was at that separate meeting, that is the dance or the religious service, one of the religious services, uh, which became popular, that religious service took place on August the 21st. The previous meetings took place on um, the previous Sundays, with the last meeting taking place on the 14th. Okay, so let us step back a bit to understand how Haiti operated. There were three um, districts of, of, I guess for New Yorkers, bowls, um, in, in Haiti, or three separate departments. Those departments were the west, the south, and the north. That, um, the, in the, in the north is where, uh, the, those meetings took place. The northern, um, department was richer in sugar plantations, and that is because sugar plantation was the oldest, uh, um, commodity that was produced in Haiti, and the people involved in the trade of sugar had made lots of money from it, and so it represented the center of capital in Haiti. 
Now, that northern district, the uh, um, uh, uh, plains, you know, the northern plains, this is where the sugar plantations were, uh, a very fertile uh, area of the north. On those plantations, each plantation had about 300 people working as slaves. And then I would point this out in terms of vocabulary that we were using, important to recognize that these people were working as slaves. Commonly, uh, people make the error of calling them slaves. The distinction is that by calling them people working as slaves, it reminds everyone that we are talking about people who were abused, and they, are, and they never wanted to be identified with the work that was forced upon them. And commonly, in talking about African-American people or Haitian people, their humanity is lost when they are reduced to slaves, whereas when we speak of the colonists, we usually call, do not call them the masters. For example, you will encounter commonly in books, the French had a meeting and then they'll say, well, the slaves uh, are met, forgetting that these people had an identity apart from the labor that was forced upon them. And so the people working as slaves were um, uh, um, about 300 per uh, plantations in the north. On those plantations, because of the um, large ratio of people of African descent, particularly Africans, to people of European descent, to control that population, the, those of African descent, called in Haiti, Eritrea Guinea, the heirs of Guinea, the, name of, the former name of the west coast of Africa, they were barred from leaving the plantations. The people who could leave the plantations were the coachmen, and that is the, the driver of, and the driver of the of the person running the plantations. Most of the plantations, their owners were in France, but they had a local overseer, and that overseer had a driver. The driver represented the person who was at the very top of the hierarchy of slaves. They were privileged people. They got better clothes, they got uh, uh, better food, and they got better, uh, uh, better housing and better working hours. The other were the coach, the, the uh, uh, commanders. The, uh, the commanders, they were the ones who actually forced the others to work. They carried the whip, and they used the whip in forcing other people to work. They, too, enjoyed privilege on the plantation. The commanders, when they retire, they would become, as they get older, they would become the, coach, the, the driver or the coachman on the, on the plantation. The coachmen and the commanders, they had a path that allowed them to leave the plantations on Sunday to go to the market on, in Okap, uh, which is Cape Haitian. They had the path to go to the market to further give them uh, uh, even more rights over the Africans working on the field. They, the, these Africans had their own small garden that they could tend to after 20 hours of work. So that is, after working the field, for 20 hours, they could now tend to their own garden within the four hours that should include sleep and for the next day's work to start. Now, this wasn't like this all year long. This was like this particularly in August where the working hours were uh, um, long because this was the time when the cane was being cut to be shipped uh, after the production of sugar over to France. And the, the longer that the canes remained, um, the, the longer that the canes 
remain having been after being cut, the less uh, sugar it would produce, so and the less money they would make. So the cane had to be cut immediately, and the sugar, the production of sugar had to start. So the working hour was 20 hours that day. So for the colonists to free themselves from having to feed those who were working on the plantation, they devised a plan where these people would have to produce their own food in their own garden. That those gardens later became, became what we know in Haiti today as the jardin. Whatever they produced from those gardens, they turned over to the uh, 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 commander and to the coachman who then could go to the market, the Sunday market in Ocap and sell for them. And so that he could tell them whatever price he, he, he obtained. Now these commanders had a pass. The pass allowed them again to leave the plantation and to go outside of the plantation. That allowed them more flexibility in mingling with other people and to make contacts, which they uh, 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 took advantage of. Their having the pass that gave them privilege has remained in Haitian language in the way we speak. In Haiti today, people who have privilege are said to have a pass. For example, if you were to enter, let's say, a ballroom that was charging a, uh, a fee, um, and we'll say uh, $20 per, per entry, and then if you were to come into a Haitian ballroom entering without having paid and being allowed to do so, people might complain and say, ah, get past spooky. That is, this, there is a pass that allows certain people through. The idea of pass, meaning privilege, is inherited or comes to us from that era where pass was given to the commanders and that gave them uh, uh, privilege. The point here is the commanders were allowed to go to Ocap to sell again as well as the coachmen. In returning from Ocap, it was accepted practice that they would stop at the uh, uh, Leonard de Maisy plantation, which, is at, which was at the foot of Mont Rouge, Le Normand de Maisy. And when they, uh, uh, they would stop there so that they could eat. It is that uh, uh, opportunity of legally, uh, uh, by common practice, for the commanders to meet at Le Normand de Maisy's plantation on Mont Rouge, and then following their eating there, they dispersed and returned to their plantation. What they did is they changed those meetings. They, they uh, uh, took advantage of those meetings and organized the Haitian Revolution at those meetings. And so that is commonly not known. Two things here that are important. It is the Haitian people who were already privileged within the system that met to organize the revolution. They did not meet in secret. In, in the sense that they had every right to be on Leonardo de Maisy's plantation. There, it, 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 in that point, is one myth dispelled because people commonly are under the impression that these meetings were somehow in secret. The movement of people of African descent was well regulated in Haiti. They could not carry arms, they could, and, uh, uh, unless they escaped, and if they escaped, uh, uh, they, they, they risked their lives upon return one common punishment for multiple escapers to have the ear cut off. Another one was uh, uh, to be branded with the fleur de lis, which is that those leaf of flowers that are the symbol of friends as the property of the king. And so 
they took advantage of being able to meet, and it was the upper echelon in terms of privileged people who met at those plantations. Now, the import, another important thing to recognize is that when we tell these stories, it is vital that people ask, how do we know this? Because commonly history is told in our community where people simply declare it to be so, and, and then contribute to the making of, uh, of myth that misrepresent the dignity of our foreparents. And so it's vital that we state how it is that we know this. The reason why we know that these meetings were by the commanders and the chauffeur is because following the last meeting of the 14th, um, that last meeting on the 14th was the meeting that was set to discuss the final planning of the revolution. At that meeting, they scheduled when the revolution should begin. Uh, uh, and we'll get back to that later, uh, and the reason for it with August 25th being the, the date chosen. August 25th was chosen because on that day was the day that the uh, uh, um, colonial assembly, the new government of Haiti, uh, having had its first meeting in Leogan, was scheduled to meet for the second time in Okai, in, in, in the Cape, that is the capital of Haiti. What the Haitian revolutionaries had hoped to do was to essentially capture all the politically powerful people all at once in Okap on that day. They would also have had a day off preparing for the fanfare associated with this. And so the Wednesday, the 24th, was scheduled to be a non-working day in preparation for inaugurating the, the new government at its second meeting in Okap, having traveled from the Ogan. The, after that meeting, some people at that meeting wanted to start the revolution earlier. Because they wanted, those who wanted to start the revolution earlier were voted out. And it was thought that they should wait for the opportunity that the 26th would present. And then a vote was taken, and that was the decision. Nonetheless, on the Wednesday before, so that is the scheduled Wednesday of the, tw uh, of the 24th, uh, going into the night of the, 20 the 25th, they did not, uh, um, those who had wanted to start it early, apparently won Jacques um, uh, 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 of the plantation Lagos, uh, uh, de of the Gruyere's plantation. Um, he, and, uh, and along with some others, set fire to Chabot's plantation. And then, after uh, uh, setting fire, to the to Chabot's uh, plantation, he was arrested. It is from his testimony that we know, and others who were later arrested about the events. And he, in his testimony, he states that um, 200 people met on the 14th. Those 200 people represented two delegates from a hundred plantations around the uh, uh, Plain du Nord area. Each one of those two people <coughs> from that, um, from the, from, from those plantation were the coachman and the chauffeur from that plantation. They were the people who were present and they 
scheduled the the uh, the revolution. Now I, I realize I've gone on for a long time, so I'm going to give you a, a, an opportunity to can interrupt me. I don't want to. Well, I think people might be surprised at the information because I think oftentimes we think the people who had a little bit of more privilege during slavery. There's a term in that is uh, commonly used here that they're you know they're the, the house house slaves or house nigger, and that they're 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 seen as um, they do not have the same interests as the rest of the enslaved population, and that they want, they are more in tune with their masters. You know, um, I think uh, even Malcolm X had a, a speech where he said, you know, there's you know he he's he's a field you know African. He's not a, a house. African, and then you know when when the 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 house person when the the house is burning, they said, "Master, our house is burning." Whereas the field person, you know, says, "You know, burn, burn." And I think um, that that idea that it is actually people who had a bit more privilege in the society to set those, that privilege aside to spark the Haitian Revolution is is something very shocking. Uh, and I, I don't think it's, it's appreciated enough. I don't think it's known enough because we have the impression often that it is the maybe Maroons who escaped to the mountains, you know, who came down. It is not. We, we don't have the impression that it is that we actually use the structure of slavery that was established to get out of it. And and that I'm saying. Those, those 100, 200 representatives from those 100 plantations, two, two men from each plantation, they became, they're the ones who became the generals of the revolution. So they actually used the structure of slavery. They were commanders of the people on the plantation. They were the drivers. They're the ones who whipped people to work. And here they were transforming into people who, who whipped people to, to you know, to take on your liberty, you know, who whip them to revolt. Uh, may I go on? Please do. Please do. Okay. Um, what, I, what I wanted to add from that, and again, is to see how this relates to our culture. Um, again, it is the people who were privileged, and this is one of the reasons why we owe them the, uh, um, we, we owe them such reverence because they put their privilege on the line and sacrificed themselves for the benefit of, the, of, of their, their children for the, and for the benefit of us, uh, of, of humanity. These people sacrificed privileges that they had. To understand that even better, there's a Haitian expression that says, à l'aise comme blaise. Well, blaise was one of the commanders on the, uh, the La Gosette, uh, um plantation. And so, even within some of the expressions that have survived, reminds us of how well Blaise was. There was also, among the pe people who were uh, arrested, a person called Ignace. Ign Ignace was arrested on the 20th, and that is even before the revolution began. There are lots of papers, lots of articles, lots of original work um, and, and testimonies that are present from the people arrested between, even afterwards, but particularly between the 14th and when the revolution actually began, which was on the 22nd. One of those people, Ignace, Ignace 
um, was said to, he was exempt from work. And that is he was free, but he had to stay on the plantation. The reason for this is there was such a thing called liberté de savane, a liberté savane, which referred to a person who is free but did not have the legal papers for that. And the reason why this occurred is because France wanted to limit the number of people of African descent who were free on the island, and for that reason asked that a tax be imposed. And the tax was half the value of that person. In general, a, a, at the time, a, a, a person in, in, in Haiti was quite costly, an expression that has remained as when things are costly, even technique. And so a, a, a Negro's head was a, a, an expensive purchase because of the wealth that they would generate for France. And at around the time of the revolution, in general, the, the average value was $2,500. Uh, uh, $2, and France imposed the tax of half of that, about $1,300, uh, um, that a owner of a plantation had to pay a state tax if he he or she wanted to free a person. This was done so as to limit the number of people who would be freed. The, the uh, owners of the plantation then uh, bypassed the state and gave something called liberté savane, which means the person is free, exempt from work on the plantation, but really could not circulate freely. So Ignace was one such person who was free on the plantation and so enjoyed privileges that came with that as he was exempt from work. And yet, when the arrests were made, and Chapotin was one of the people arrested, and in Chapotin's testimony, he reports that Ignace had known about the, the, the reunions and kept this secret for a long time. Important here to recognize that the meetings took place over several months. No one knows how many months, except that frequently was rumored that these meetings were, ta were taking place, but the French attributed to, simply to heightened awareness and fear among the, uh, the, the colonists and never made, made much of that. So throughout the year of 1790 to uh, 1791, there were rumors of these this meetings, but no one uh, um, made much more of it than that. But it is to certainly show that the revolution of Haiti was planned over a long period by people with some liberty in movement and with some privilege in the, uh, 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 in the, in this, in the society. And Ignace put aside his own personal freedom, though limited, and kept the secret for months, as the, as the, uh, um, as the testimonies, uh, um, as, as the testimony of Chapotin later showed. In terms of when the revolution was planned for, the revolution was planned again for the 25th of August. That day would have been the day that the government was meeting in Ocap, presenting an opportunity to uh, uh, um, uh, 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 to capture Ocap and all these important people at once. However, because of the burning of Chapotin, which took place the Wednesday before. There were multiple arrests, and with these arrests, there were increasingly more revelations. And so, Chapotin, uh, uh, um, Jacques was arrested, then um, Paul Blain, then Flaville, 
as well as uh, 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 Chapotin, whose testimony we have. Interesting with Paul Blain and with the other uh, Haitian revolutionaries on Flaville's plantation is that when they were confronted by the state about their potential involvement in what was confessed by Jacques and Chapotin, they both deny. And in their denial, which is still present, what they is present in terms of these testimonies uh, exist. You can find them in the report that left Haiti to France and arrived in 1792 from the Colonial Assembly of Haiti of informing the French government of what had transpired and the, the, the testimony of the prisoners will be produced in it. And, and we have a copy of that. The, what is, um, that's myself, yes. Um, in, I, I was pointing out how we know the, of the uh, testimonies of these people and the date of the revolution. Now, multiple people are being arrested. At that point, Flaville and Paul Blain, they are questioned by the French government, and they say that they would never put all the, all the privileges that they have, they will never be a threat to those imposing slavery. They would never be a threat to French people because they would not put all the privileges that they enjoy uh, and throw it away by getting involved in reckless, useless activity. Their arguments were so powerful, so cogent, so clear to those listening that the owners of the plantations of Flaville and of uh, uh, Paul Blain from Lembe, they offered their own heads. That is, the owner of the plantation told the French government, uh, uh, as headed by Blanchland in, uh, in Haiti, that uh, to let Paul Blain, to release Paul Blain, to release those from Flavio's plantation, and if ever they were to find these commanders involved in any subversive activity, that the French government should also decapitate the heads of those plantations. And those were the heads speaking for themselves offering their own heads because of the confidence they had in the loyalty of their uh, 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 coachmen and, and um, uh, uh, the coachman and driver. Several days later when the revolution began, both Paul Blain as well as um, the, the Flaville uh, 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 people were found to be involved. In fact, it is the the people on Flaville who walked over at 10 o'clock when their work hours ended and walked over to Clément to meet Bookman and started the revolution that night having been joined from those from Norway. The reason why the revolution began on Monday, um, Monday night, the 22nd, I should say that um, it, it, the meetings were on Sunday and so in 1791, the 14th, the last meeting fell on a Sunday. Interestingly, in 2016, coming up two years from now, which will be the 225th anniversary of the planning of the Haitian Revolution, when that, on that, uh, 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 in that year, the calendar, calendar's days will reflect exactly what they were in 1791. And so the 14th of, um, of August, will be on a Sunday in 2016, and the 21st 
will also be on a, on a Sunday uh, as it was then. And so the calendar days will, will match, and I think that's a wonderful way to celebrate the 225th anniversary. But the reason why Bookman begins the revolution on the 22nd is because of the arrest being made. And he begins in, a, in somewhat of a panic. The panic is that if they wait, it will be all aborted because serially those involved, the organizers, are being arrested. And so then he is forced to move the plan day up. This is hugely significant. Hugely significant because um, those who have analyzed um, the revolt, revolutions or plan revolts, of enslaved people throughout the Americas, from Canada all the way uh, down to Argentina. The people who have examined these revolutions have found invaluably that all rebellions of enslaved people all started on a day off. They all in, started on a Sunday or on a religious holiday honored by uh, Europeans who then found it that not suitable for people and even non-people slaves to work on that day. And so the reason for this is because people don't want to go to war exhausted. They have to be able to face their adversaries. And so revolutions were invariably planned for to begin uh, on the evening to benefit from darkness since they are outmatched with guns. To, to start on the evening of a Sunday since they would have rested the entire day. Bookman's revolution is the only one known to have begun on a Monday. Uh, on a Monday after a full day of work. That is, people who had been working as slaves all day for a 20-hour shift then begin a revolution exhausted from cutting sugar cane for no other reason than they cannot afford to wait any longer. It is also important to recognize that those who began the revolution were also the same people who used to inflict punishment on the African crew working the fields. They were the commanders. They were the ones who walked walk the, the, the people using the whip. There were two common ways of awaking people on the plantation. One was to ring a bell if the plantation had one and people hear the bell and they're off to work. Another one was the person would carry the whip, and which is what is called in Haiti today for cash. And then they would come at the door of where the enslaved people would be sharing commonly uh, 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 living quarters because they were over uh, uh, past those, those places were called Kaz or Kai, which is where the, uh, which were the quarters for the enslaved people. This is where we in Haiti get the word Kai. Then they would smack the whip on the floor, and that will awaken the people, leaving us the expression of baton les eaux, baton la meaning that you awaken by you're even awakened by the whip and this is what lifts you off the ground. These same people who used to whip others into submission were also the ones who organized the rebellion. 
because even their whipping others was in a way forced upon them. But what it also meant was that those who have, been, who have suffered at their hands would not readily join them in combat without their proving their worth. And so part of the revolutionary plan of Bwakayuma was that it had to be the coachman himself who kills the uh, owner or overseer of the plantation. Because it is only with doing that that it would convince the people in the field that he is for real. And so the, the revolution began with the promise of each one of the commanders would execute their uh, 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 former torturers on, on, the, on the plantation. This is why it is known that Bookman killed Klima. It is also known uh, that he did because uh, he, he then uh, took Klima's weapon. And when Bookman was in turn uh, uh, later killed in November, on November 7, uh, Klima's weapon was recovered from him. Klima was the uh, person who had enslaved them and for whom he was the uh, 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 coachman, having been his former commander retired into the coachman's position. There again um, is something to dispel the myth that Bookman was a Maor and that he had an independent home called Kai Imam. This is purely uh, um, wordplay, having nothing, no basis in historical facts, and having no supportive documents for it. And it is a new invention, an invention worthy of some applause, because what is interesting is, whereas some people, particularly some uh, Protestant groups, have distanced themselves from the Boakayima meetings, Sevite um, Guinea in Haiti have embraced it. Um, and so everybody uh, has articulated a position vis-a-vis -vis -vis uh, 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 those meetings. And now, as there is a growing Muslim community um, uh, in, in Haiti, and when Haitian Americans came to the U.S. also, and join active Muslim organizations in the U.S., they then want to see uh, themselves as part of Haitian history and reinvent this Boakayima or Boakai Imam. It is, it is, it is a, a purely fantasy. In fact, part of the Code Noir in Haiti made it illegal for Muslims to practice their faith on the island. No one could walk around with a Koran. That was highly illegal in Haiti. Haiti was a place purely reserved for Catholics, as the church worked hand in hand with the commerce of people as slaves. It is indeed because of the close rapport of the church with the commerce of people as slaves that the image of of the meetings of Boakalima that overturned slavery was then stained by the church. Um, that will, that's taking us away uh, 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 um, from the core events that occurred at Boakalima, 
but still important to recognize some, uh, uh, to, to show the relevance of this history with the way we speak, with the way we dress, with the things we do. And so to point that out a bit, the church had argued that everybody in the world is assigned a position, their role in life by God. And that what you should do is to honor the role that you have been assigned. If you found yourself to be a slave, you should accept that position and be the best slave you can so as to fulfill the mission that God has given you with excellence. And so you have to stay in your role. Now, this position articulated by the Vatican, blessed by the Pope, representing the Pope's idea, gives rise to the Creole expression, as when a person will tell you, to remain in your role. And commonly, they would remind you that this was paper decree. And so the way it is said, it is interesting that the expression of stay in your role is also accompanied by the statement as you little pope. Indeed, uh, this was the position articulated uh, 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 by the pope. Now, the, Dr. Oshie, I don't only, need to interrupt you. Right, I, no, I'm going to let the caller in 786 know that I see their hand and that you are going to be the next one to ask a question. So, so Dr. Oshie, please continue. You are listening to Legacy of 804. Now, um, this was uh, um, simply to uh, uh, to show the role of the church, which is quite deep uh, um, in this. And so, it is in a way for the for the church to stain its uh, uh, participation, uh, to stain those who have overturned slavery. Anybody should really be able to uh, calculate this on their own. Important to understand the numbers. France imported. Um, one million people in Haiti over the span of a hundred years. Of the million people that it imported, even with their reproduction, but actually they never lived to reproduce. Fifty percent of Africans brought to Haiti died within the first year there. The other fifty percent of those who made it, the average life expectancy in Haiti was 15 years. In general, the population was never able to replace itself. And so, despite one million people being brought to Haiti over the span of a hundred years, by the time of the Haitian Revolution, there were only about 450,000 people of African descent, um, uh, 30,000 people of mixed uh, uh, ancestry, uh, actually people always fully human, but uh, uh, accepting this uh, uh, nomenclature just so that we have a perspective on the politics of the day, people of both European and African uh, uh, heritage, and another 30,000 people of European ancestry. Um, so, over the cost of a hundred years, of a million people, the French killed 500,000 alone. And then, of the uh, nearly 500,000 remaining, 450 to be exact according to the census of the time, um, they killed 150,000, a third, just because they wanted to be free. Now, with nearly 650,000 dead of a population of one million, and had the revolution not taken place, we too would have been dead, our forefathers, and we would not have existed. Because no one before did. No one before lived on. 
the Haitian population was constantly replaced. And remember, we had replaced a population that already previously died from the, from the genocide. Before, the, right. the, the Taino, right. and ourselves constantly being uh, uh, replaced. We owe our lives, we owe our existence to the courage of those who fought against slavery and did so uh, 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 successfully. And to think that one would dare stain the courage of these people to say such nonsense as they purchased their independence from the devil. As though there was some place in the world where God was selling slavery and the devil was selling, uh, 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 God was selling slavery and the devil was selling liberty. That would be an incredible front to God. In, in addition, to say that because a pig was sacrificed, that God now holds us in contempt. This is to say that God is incapable of making comparative moral judgments. Let's assume, for example, that God finds it abhorrent that a creature that he created was killed, as we always do, to eat. But God, some, for some reason, he has the vice, as we have said, that he is jealous. And then that annoys him that a pig was killed. Now, to say that God prefers the killing of 650,000 people over the killing of a pig is to say that God is incapable of making a comparative moral decision. And, 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 and uh, people need to recognize that that in itself should be considered blasphemous because God is far more noble than that. And the fault would never be with the killing of a pig, but rather 650 human beings. The flaws of Haiti the country was said to smell all the time like after the earthquake in Port-au-Prince. Those who reported in Haiti before the Haitian Revolution reports that the smell of the country was identical to that because death was everywhere. It was extremely common. It is indeed because death was everywhere that the Haitian people remember it well. Haitian people unlike textbooks written by the Frère de l'Institution Chrétienne to misrepresent our heritage, which tells us that Haiti was the pearl of the Antilles. Now, it's incredible that a place where your grandparents are constantly dying, someone would want to tell you that this was paradise. In fact, Haiti was called the paradise of the Western world because of the monumental wealth that it, had, it was producing for France while producing profound poverty for the Haitian people. Now, I told you that the Haitian people know this well, and, uh, and I don't want to skip too far from Boakaima, but again, the, the, the event of the day is what's important here. Haitian people know well that they were taken in Haiti to die, as that's all that was occurring around them. This is the reason why Haitian people would say such things as, they have brought me to the slaughterhouse thinking that I would die a quiet and silent death, but I'm not going to go down this way without a fight. And it goes like this in Creole. Well, I don't want to leave your caller hanging for too long, so I'll stop here. Wow, Dr. Lien, as usual, well, I, we don't even know where to start, where to begin with, and 
so much information, so much debunking of myths. Uh, I mean, where do I start? That uh, Bukman was not a Maroon. That's a that's number one a big surprise. That most of the leaders of the revolution were com commanders. Now that's another so just to add to that, and it's important that we, we cite, you know, where the information is coming coming from so that those who say otherwise can then present the data that they have to support that. In fact, uh, Clayman's son, uh, where Bookman worked, he wrote about Bookman following the Haitian Revolution of how disappointed he was when his father made that purchase because Bookman had a previous reputation when he worked for Leclerc. Leclerc was the lawyer who took the testimony of those who were arrested in the plantation and Bookman had worked for him before and, 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 and uh, Clément had purchased Bookman from Leclerc from Leclerc's family. Now, uh, um, so it is known who Bookman worked for. He worked in our field. It is indeed because he worked in, in our field, uh, 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 you know, why um, this was among the first places burned. And then it was the place that he fortified, having removed the European uh, 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 presence, the colonial European presence from uh, uh, from Akil Dunant and Clément's plantation, it then remained that he was the one who knew it best. So he knows the terrain and he used that as the main center of intelligence. And it, beca it became for the Haitian early days of the Haitian Revolution pretty much the Pentagon. This is where Bookman resided. But Important to know that Bookman did not simply sit there. He was also uh, 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 involved at the forefront of, uh, of battling. Again, to summarize things, the last meeting was on the 14th. That last meeting selected the date for the revolution, established who was to be in command. And they took a vote and then placed Bookman as the head and then uh, uh, Jean-Francois Biasso below, below them. Uh, uh, below Bookman and Paul and Jeannot. Paul uh, uh, um, was the one who uh, 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 was arrested but was then liberated and found to be uh, uh, actively involved in the revolution later. Uh, I, I want to interrupt you again. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll address those two issues and mm -hmm. one of them is undertaking of the vote. Now voting has been had been something popular throughout the world um, um, and in fact quite popular in Africa much before um, democracy became entrenched in Haiti. The way that education is presented in Haiti, especially as the first black republic, is just uh, incredibly wrong. And it is a, a slap in the face of the Haitian people who constantly remind us that they are descendants of Igbo, Nago, Congo, Nashon, Adia, Nashon, Ewe, Nashon, Fula. They would cite the names of all the nations from which they come from, and yet school books repeatedly say first black nation. Although they really mean first black republic, but that too is not really much of a compliment since the republic was uh, uh, simply the way that Italy organized its government, and now we're saying, well, we're the first black people to copy Italy. 
that is not our point of merit. Our great point of merit is that Haiti is the first modern nation everywhere in the world. Our success is before the entire world. The first modern nation to proclaim the value of all people as equals. And, and also, uh, Bookman's uh, uh, movement, the Haitian People's Movement, is at the forefront of creating modern democracy. It did so by enlarging those who could participate in democracy. And that is democracy as, as, a, uh, uh, as a government, uh, um, uh, as a way of governing with one man, one vote, was only took place after the Haitian Revolution, because prior to that, some men were not, or some people were not defined as people. Thus, in and it, and even too, to some uh, um, Europeans were not included, because you, uh, um, those who could vote in Europe after the French Revolution had to be property owners. It is as the result of the Haitian Revolution that Europeans in Haiti to try to combat the influence of Africans and to outnumber them in terms of vote, and particularly the mulattoes, that voting in Haiti was enlarged to include uh, Europeans with, who did not own land. So the Haitian Revolution enlarged the, the people, both Europeans and Africans, who could participate in what has now become the universal suffrage where everyone can, can vote. But more importantly, the first place, probably the first place in the Americas where people of African descent voted was in another form of maronage, which was the, the uh, pirates. And pirate ships that, that included both Africans and Europeans uh, uh, involved in piracy, it is there that uh, uh, voting is known to have first taken place in the Americas with each person having a vote. Now, um, but in terms and, uh, of African and, uh, history or, or Haitian history of voting, and this is what is terrible when we do not pay enough attention to our heritage. The Igbo people of Nigeria, they had something called an Igwe, which was a body that rep they had no kings and no queens. They were one of the few societies in Africa that had no kings, no queens. What they had instead was a parliament. And every family would name a, 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 a leader uh, of that family to the Igwe, and it was by vote that the Igwe ruled. The, mm -hmm. This legacy of Igbo democracy, not having any chief over them, led to the song that is sung all the time in Rara in Haiti, saying that Igbos are their own authority. One way in which Haitian people say their own authority is to say when Ramun. When a Haitian person says, it means that uh, uh, I am the authority at home. That song says, Ibo Gramuno, Gramuno, Ibo Gramuno, Laka Ibo, Ibo Gramuno, Laka Ibo, Ibo Gramuno, Oh Ibo Gramuno, Lifelo, Ibo.